boom, good morning, good morning. On today's episode, I have special guest, Chris Smith. Chris has a unique story. He's an accomplished author of four best-selling business books, and Johns Hopkins requires marketing students to read his book, The Conversion Code. But today on the show, we're going to dive into the side that you don't hear a lot about. See, Chris is bipolar, and we're going to get into the edge that gives him and his journey with it. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have special guest Chris Smith on the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the show is all about uncovering that hidden edge and exposing it to other people in case they're going through it or Mm -hmm. they don't know that they have this power inside, right, that we can tap into. I know Mm -hmm. you shared with me your hidden edge. I'd love for you to share it with the audience and then dive into you know, we'll, we'll ask some, I'll ask some questions. We'll dive into it and, and how you've gotten through it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, when you asked me that question originally, the hidden edge, that was kind of the word I picked up on was the thing that people don't necessarily know about you. You know, a lot of times people's secret sauce is kind of obvious and known, you know, it's a, it's a trait they possess that the world knows they possess. Right. And I have been open in the past publicly about being bipolar But when you asked about like a hidden edge, that was what came to mind only because, uh, as I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the, the negative parts of it are sort of clear and obvious and in the news a lot. Right. right. Uh, but the list of people that historically have contributed to the world who are bipolar or were bipolar um, there's some genius in there too, right. Is, is the way that I would describe it. So, um, yeah, I think th- it, it, it was hidden for me as well, Jeff. So there you go. the reason I think it was a hidden edge is because I was unaware of it too. Um, and, and then in hindsight, things made a lot of sense. Okay. So let's, let's go through that process, right? When, mm-hmm. when were you diagnosed with it, I guess? And, and then, you know, how was it a, a challenge? And then on the flip side, mm-hmm. finding out that it could be an edge, right? And, and yeah. it was, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you find out really, I think the first time you have any type of a manic episode, you probably find out from other people right. seeing that you're behaving differently than normal. So as an example, I run a company, my employees love me. It's one of the best places to work. You know, they'd, they'd go to war for me, right? Like we have a great culture. And that's because I have always been a, a passionate, driven, positive leader. So if you show up to a meeting and you're being mean, you know, it's just, it's so off brand. Uh, you know, there's, there's things, you know, you, you stop sleeping as much and you like cuss more and there's these, you have more racing thoughts and random thoughts and, 
you're kind of all over the place, but it, it, it it's at least in my experience, it was kind of unbeknownst to me. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a little over right around three years ago. Okay. And it's just been kind of a journey ever since to get to the point where, um, you know, I can even talk about it and feel comfortable talking about it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's hidden in many ways, uh, hidden from myself, hidden from the public, um, and even hidden from, uh, wanting to talk about it. Right. You know, most people hide their flaws the best they can. And this is a, a pretty big one to have. So, well, yeah. Congrats to you. And I, I greatly uh, appreciate you getting on and being vulnerable to, to share it. So, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So three years, right? It, mm-hmm. Obviously you got to a point where you must've been thinking like, why am I acting this way or what's mm-hmm. going on? You had other people in a meeting mm-hmm. maybe said, what, the, what is, why is Chris acting this way? It's out of the mm-hmm. ordinary for how he typically. So what, what's a little bit more about that journey? Did you mm-hmm. say, all right, I got to go figure this out. Um, and then mm-hmm. when were you exposed to others that have dealt with it, but then done mm-hmm. amazing things? I'd love to feel that, that kind of switch there. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's, you know, if there's one person that says, Hey, Chris is a jerk, maybe they deserved it. Right. There there's, <laughs> you know, there's situational, uh, times where you're not yourself, right. You know, in the heat of the battle. Um, I would say when multiple people are picking up on it, that all care about you, that are all in your inner circle, that all see you, uh, and, and interact with you a lot. That's, you know, when they start communicating about you in the back channel, probably a pretty good time to start getting nervous that uh that it's beyond your control at that point um so i uh, my guess would be that the people that go down a you know call it a, a deeper spiral than i went down probably just reject that it's happening because you know the truth is jeff it's really for you as the person who's manic it's kind of fun. I'm, I hate saying that because it causes so much destruction, but the truth is you're spending more money than normal. You think you can take over the world. Okay. You, you, you forget every flaw you have and you just, you know, these grandiose thoughts that you have that, you know, normal people would just never have like, um, yeah. So I, I, my guess would be that, you know, the difference between people that hopefully get control of it and sort of channel the good parts of it and do great things with their life. Cause there's a lot of those too. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between them and maybe what everybody's watching with yay and with Kanye West sort of public battle with bipolar is that, um, they, they, they deny the problem and refuse the help. Gotcha. And if you do that for long enough, um, especially if you're someone who has a rapid cycle of mania, uh, you're basically going to build a bridge, tear it down, build a bridge, tear it down, build a bridge, tear it down. And you can't expect the people around you to be willing to go through that over and over. Gotcha. Okay. So as you're going through it, Mm -hmm. where do you get glimpses of people that 
have been ultra mm-hmm. successful or changed mm-hmm. the world or, or done yeah. something, you know, how does that come into your vision, your frame of mm-hmm. reference, right? How does that, that picture kind of start to be painted? Yeah. Well, I have to say there was a, a guy on YouTube. It's the, the YouTube channel is I believe bipolar warrior. Okay. And so, you know, it's crazy, Jeff, is there's content about everything. There's an influencer in every category. And um, I forget his name and I apologize, but he had, you know, the same way I have a marketing and sales YouTube channel and feeds, you know, he had one about the ups and downs and pros and cons and challenges of being bipolar. And I know that that helped my wife to be able to watch that content. I know that it helped me to be able to watch that content. Um, So... Yeah, it's that I think was helpful as far as just finding, call it normal people that are a few steps ahead of you mm-hmm. so that you can sort of understand. Like, I think the the thing that you're really going for when it is first happening, Jeff, is like, I'm not alone. Like, you right. kind of feel like um, there's no one else out there like you that would understand you that would know what you're going through. So when you see a piece of content where clearly you're not alone. That's helpful. And then I would say the second thing would be, um, it's tricky because some of the most successful and influential people in the world historically have been bipolar. That's the cool part. The bad part is many of them also end up killing themselves. Mm. So it's like, I want to be like Van Gogh, but not all the way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, he's probably one of the most famous bipolar artists. And Mm -hmm. if you actually watch his work from the beginning to the end, you see his mind deteriorate on the easel. Hmm. Uh, It's, it's fascinating. Um, when you look at things like this, the trees and the fields and the sunflowers and the self portraits at the beginning versus the end of his journey, mm-hmm. um, you never look at him the same after, you know, that's part of his story. Um, Winston Churchill is in many people's opinion, one of the greatest leaders of all time. Yep. And he is probably our best overall spokesperson uh for being bipolar um but there's there's just so many artists uh you know there's there's a lot of bad endings but you know kurt cobain was really fucking talented right you know yep. um and so i believe that the difference between churchill and you know van gogh is just the the help and the support and the the knowledge. I mean, imagine how little they probably even knew about this stuff when Van Gogh was, you know, alive. Um, and even in the early nineties in the eighties, when I was growing up, these words didn't even get spoken, Jeff. I never heard mental health once. There was no one in my whole school that was bipolar. I'm sure there was right. But we weren't calling it that quite yet. So, um, I think that nowadays, at least you have your best chance at managing it. And then, so I say, okay, well, if I can keep it under control and eliminate the negative parts and then kind of dial in on the superpowers that it gives you, Mm -hmm. 
that I think is where I can hopefully teach some people uh, what I believe led to me being successful, whether it was sort of, I hate to say by luck, it seems crazy mm -hmm. to feel lucky that you would have this issue, but um, there's pros and cons and the pros are like enormous. And I mean, that's what a great perspective to have, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, kudos to you for, for having that perspective. I wrote down not alone and knowledge, right? And, and mm -hmm. I think that's such a powerful piece to take from what you said, because mm -hmm. to your point, there's somebody somewhere that is going through it here. You went to YouTube, you found, you know, the bipolar warrior, you're watching mm -hmm. it. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it probably gave you a little bit of lightness to know that, wait a second, somebody else is dealing with it. He's sharing it. I don't mm -hmm. feel alone. And, and so many times when we get trapped in our own universe and we think I'm the only one mm -hmm. that feels this way or is dealing with it, it's great to, to not feel alone. And it's great for you and, and your wife to go out and get knowledge. And I always mm -hmm. love to tell people like, just get curious, right? Like mm -hmm. when you take that curiosity piece, one, it allows you a little bit of lightness, right? And I'll mm -hmm. go back to that again. And I'm just going to get curious and figure out like, how, how can I lean into this? And how can I, to your point, dial up the things that are amazing mm -hmm. about it and then be aware and, and how do I yeah. put barriers up to the, the, mm -hmm. the bad side or enlist mm -hmm. help, whether it's your wife or, or people you work with to say, yeah. Hey, if this is happening, you need mm -hmm. to do X, Y, Z to help me. Yeah. I think if you're sort of people, typically in my experience are sort of optimistic or pessimistic by nature. And so I think I've, you know, because I'm sort of blindly optimistic, which I think is probably part of uh, one of the positive attributes I mentioned, mm -hmm. my first thoughts are, uh, you know, I would do something like looking up who the most famous people are and the most successful people are with bipolar versus right. maybe somebody else would be looking up the death rate, you know, or, you know, some of those numbers that are, you know, you kind of, you find what you're seeking, Jeff. Right. Yep. So for me, that was kind of naturally what I was drawn towards. And And you're right. For me, the other thing that was important was knowing that there were people where I want to be professionally, personally, you know, like the way that a lot of people now, when I have spoken about this, will kind of call it, look up to me and be like, Hey, like you sharing that makes me feel good that like mine can not be an excuse to hold me back. Well, right. I listened to an interview with the founder of kayak. Okay. And he was the first you know, billionaire, hundred millionaire, you know, it was just the first time I had ever heard a successful, prominent, you know, business person talk openly about it mm -hmm. and explain the benefits of it because there are, and that was one of that for me was probably the step I needed to say, okay, well, he's above me and he's doing he's talking about it. And I, I feel what happened to me when I heard him say it. So that made me feel more empowered to share my story too. Um, because it wasn't the typical sob story that you hear. It was like a story with a good ending with a rocky journey, which like, that's everybody's story, Jeff. Right. So, right. 
um, that I think was a big moment for me. It was a, uh, it just happened to be on my favorite podcast, how I built this with Guy Raz, which yep. just, he's such an amazing interviewer that when he tackled that little part of the story, uh, it, it was great for me. You know, I, I was very happy that day to finally hear, uh, a good ending there. So yeah. Um, I think somebody asked me recently, does talking about it help? And it, it, when you're ready to talk about it, it does help. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the reason it helps me, and this is probably something people can relate to. I personally am driven by gratitude and mental illness is something that attracts sympathy. Okay. Right. And so if every conversation that somebody's going to have with me is about how you feeling, how you doing, are you okay? How's everything going? It seems like you're doing better. Uh, Jeff, I don't know what to do with that stuff. I just right. don't even want to hear it. Uh, uh, right. That's not what motivates me. Mm -hmm. And the first year two after this, that's what it, 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 rightfully so that's what people asked. Right. right? And so, you know, part of it is time has to heal the wounds. So time's passing, right? And mm -hmm. you get back out there and you put yourself out there and you get back on your horse and, you know, slowly it stops becoming the first thing people mention, right? Because gotcha. you yeah. give them a reason to mention something different. Right. And so once I hit sort of that point, then it was kind of like, okay, now I'm controlling the discussion about it. I'm bringing it up. Right. And if I bring it up, I can use it the way that helps other people, which is the thing that helps me, which is helping other people, not people telling me that they're sorry for what I'm going through. I, I hate that. So I would just say um, in your own life or lives for the people watching, um, it's probably really important to identify that. Hmm. Is the person that I'm in this partnership with, relationship with, business dealing with, sales call, is this person driven by gratitude or sympathy? And there's probably some other options too. But what I'm getting at is if somebody's driven by gratitude, every time you offer them sympathy, it bothers them. And I know that you're not trying to. And I get that you're doing a very common and normal thing, mm -hmm. but in your mind, if you, if you actually want to help them, you would be the person that wasn't bringing sympathy to the table. You would be the person that would say, Hey, I've seen how much you've grown in the last year, man. You're inspiring me. You know, I've been depressed too. That's going to make somebody like me feel great versus, um, you know, how's it going? You seem right. like you're doing better. So right. it's, it's just a different, it's almost like your front foot versus your back foot, you know? Um, so that would be something I think, because the people around the people with the issues, Jeff, they suffer the most, mm -hmm. you know, the, the caretaker has it worse than the patient. Uh, and so it sucks that they have to learn what to do. It's like being a parent though. I go to therapy with my kids okay, and half of this lessons are for you as the parent. Right. Like if you as the parent don't go back and implement the advice at therapy, it ain't happening. Right. It ain't going to do it. So I think it's, I think of it that way. Um, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting topic and I do hope, you know, I was hoping that maybe conferences would have a panel or have a, 
fireside chat about mental health. Uh, I think there's times where that stuff becomes trendy for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of like call it remote work or, you know, any other sort of trends, but, um, mental health is still in the darkness. Uh, it's still in the back channel. Um, it's not on stage yet, but I think that, um, the same way if I, if I went to a, if I think about like, if I went to a two day business conference, um, something about financial management, something about marketing, something about leadership, th- those yep. would be the kind of classes that would be there. And the idea that a mental health class would be there too, is to me makes a lot of sense. Um, I was actually at the EXP conference recently and I was really inspired by Glenn Sanford, their CEO, because he was for the first time I'd ever heard this, like we want to be the healthiest agents in the world. Nice. We want to have the lowest body fat percentage. We want to have the right metabolism balances. Like I'm misquoting, but it was just, you know, I, I've been to every conference for every company for over a decade. That's never really been important, Hmm. but you could tell that it was truly important. So I think physical health and mental health need to be on the agenda, but probably not going to be that easy to get a bunch of people to get up there and say how I tackled depression with Chris Smith. Like it's, it's humiliating Jeff. So I don't know how that happens, but maybe it's people like me making it a small part of their sessions, uh, as a starting point. That's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I love it. No. And I, I I think that needs to happen over and over again, right? It Mm -hmm. just, it just has to, and, and, you know, the courage for you to, speak about it and, and tell the story is, is part of the, part of the way we get it out there. And I, mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, mental health mindset, all those pieces living physically well, mentally well, spiritually well, that's mm-hmm. so connected to business success. Like it, mm-hmm. it just is. And, and so many people haven't been giving that the right amount of focus that it deserves and, and needs in, in the scope of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So a couple of the benefits, I want to hear the benefits you've leaned into Mm -hmm. about being bipolar that, that could shed some light to others and say, Oh, wait, (laughs) I'm, I'm using, I want to use that more because I heard Chris. Mm -hmm. Well, the first one is an unrealistic belief in what you're capable of accomplishing. So that, that back to the idea of grandiose thoughts, grandiose thoughts can be really powerful um, if you put the actions in to make them come true. So, I mean, I was growing up in the middle of nowhere in the country and I thought I was going to be an NBA player for real. (laughs) And I remember, I mean, I can't even touch the rim. I can't dunk. I've slow, uh, no reason to think that. And then I remember watching like Conan and Jay Leno and Letterman, And I remember every time I would watch an interview with any celebrity, the only thing I would think would be like, well, they're not better than me. I would have been a better interview than that. There you go. And then I remember sitting in middle school and sitting in high school and taking a piece of paper and signing my name 8,000 times on a piece of paper because I knew I was going to need to sign my name a lot one day. Um, And then I went to college and, you know, realized sports weren't going to be the path and, 
I decided to become an actor. I, I told every person I knew that I was going to be a famous actor. I started taking acting classes. I moved to LA. I was an extra. I was on a bunch of cool shows. I was on a bunch of movies. I wasn't actually good at acting. I never got any call it real parts, but I was very, very sure that that was in my future. Okay. Um, and yeah. And now I think I'm going to basically, you know, I, I think what ended up happening is I, I sort of found my thing mm -hmm. and my thing ended up being sales and entrepreneurship and business and marketing and branding. And it's a, it's a good thing to be your thing. You know, my superpower is like lead conversion. Every company in the world is like complaining that their leads aren't good enough and the salespeople like, so it's in demand, which is, is great for me, obviously. Um, but yeah, grandiose thoughts of what's possible. Um, and then the, the other one is just like energy, Jeff. Okay. I, I have the ability to, from call it eight 30 to 1230. So, for about four hours every day, I basically don't blink. Okay. I'm in the absolute zone. Um, it's this extreme focus. Uh, and it's weird because what, what I'm trying to do is do meaningful work that I'm proud of that is high quality and, and then at the point that I feel like I've done that for the day, you know, kind of let the belt loose a little bit and do some other stuff. And so, um, I had a lady ask me one time before I was diagnosed, she said, you know, do you have alien blood? Like you're, I can't keep up with you. Right. Um, and it's funny cause now when I see that attribute in people, I'm like, man, I hope something doesn't happen where they don't know because the, energy level that I have is not normal. Now it's not out of control, but I would say I'm able to do more work in four hours than most people would do in a 12 hour day. And so I think, especially when I was starting my businesses and starting my personal brand and starting my first blog and starting my first YouTube channel and starting my Twitter account and writing my book, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. g getting obsessed is required. Gotcha. And uh, you know how ADHD is like all these things? Mm -hmm. Bipolar is one thing. And that is actually really powerful. Extreme focus. Uh, so it would be sort of grandiose thoughts, mm -hmm. ridiculous amounts of natural energy, and then, um, I can't even remember the last one, Jeff. It extreme, would be extreme focus. Yeah, exactly. I'm already losing my focus. Extreme focus, <laughs> endless energy and grandiose thoughts. If I, if I were to say, Hey, I'm bipolar, you should be like me. Those are the three that I would tell people probably would help them too. Gotcha. Uh, yep. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Chris, where can, uh, I've, I've really appreciated the conversation and, and mm -hmm. obviously the courage to get on here and, and speak about it. And I, I'm really hopeful more people will hear it, 
share it, maybe look you up and say, Hey, I, I want to talk. Maybe I'm going through mm -hmm. it or, or some content you put out there. Where can, where can people find you? Yeah, they, well, uh, it's hard to find me, Jeff. It's Chris Smith. I have the most boring name in the world. That was my big hang up when I was growing up. I'm like, how am I going to be famous with this stupid name? I changed my name, Jeff. Trust me. I changed my name. So I, I became Christopher, Christopher Ryan, uh, instead of Chris Smith, but Chris underscore S M T H no I N Smith Instagram and Twitter. Those are the places I'm personally using my account the most every single day. I am on LinkedIn everywhere else. And then my book is called the conversion code, the conversion code.com. Uh, it's about attracting high quality leads that are easy to convert. It's basically about doing great inbound marketing, but then having an outbound kind of boiler room mindset on the follow-up component. Gotcha. Chris, thanks for being on the show. No problem. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others and connected, we can make a dent in the universe.